Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome into the Lounge presented by DraftKings. Head coach John Harbaugh today spoke to the media at the league owners meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. Spoke for about 30 minutes. I am joined by none other than the Clifton Brown, who is in Phoenix and was seated right to the right of head coach John Harbaugh during this press conference. Or me- What do you call this, Cliff? M- media scrum? Breakfast scrum? What do you call this one? Yeah, this was uh, more like a media all-out blitz. <laughs> this is the breakfast blitz? <laughs> yes, breakfast blitz. I like that. Uh, <laughs> we've seen a lot of blitzes on the field, but that was the blitz uh, at the media uh, breakfast this morning. Uh, the crowd, the media crowd around John Harbaugh continued to swell as, his, as he continued to answer questions. It was really uh, an, an interesting scene. One that I thought he handled uh, very, very well, considering uh, the circumstances and subject matter. But yes, he was the center of attention at the AFC coaches' media breakfast. There were other coaches who had one or two people around them, casually talking about whatever. Uh, Head coach John Harbaugh did not have that luxury this morning. (laughs) You're saying it was the Wink Martindale breakfast blitz. Unrelenting. Wink, yeah, Wink would have been proud of, the, of, of some of the media uh, changing positions, <laughs> disguising where, what questions they were going to ask. It was, it was an impressive display, yes. Uh, as always, you know me, Ryan Mink. Cliff, thanks for joining us, stepping in for Garrett, who, once again, takes a day off on one of the biggest days in Baltimore Ravens media history, I've got to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> Garrett's undefeated. Garrett's undefeated. <laughs> um, man knows when to take vacation. <laughs> His time is impeccable. It's impeccable. Yeah. He's undefeated. Uh, so anyway, what Cliff is obviously referring to is, uh, you know, basically as as Coach Harbaugh uh, sat down for his breakfast, uh, maybe a minute beforehand, Lamar Jackson uh, released a series of three tweets uh, in which he said, uh, you know, speaking directly to his fans, he said that in part, Uh, He has requested a trade from the Ravens and did so on March 2nd. He said, for which, uh, he says, the Ravens, quote, have have not been interested in meeting my value uh, and goes on to talk about how much he loves the game and and that he has to make a business decision that's best for his family and himself. Uh, Says, no matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I will continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland You'll see me again. So, obviously, massive news right as uh, the coach's breakfast starts for John Harbaugh. And uh, Coach Harbaugh had not seen the tweets. 
is brought to his attention immediately. Like you said, Cliff, I thought he handled it really well. Um, but obviously a lot to break down with this. Uh, Lamar saying he made a trade request. What was your kind of initial takeaway, Cliff, when you saw it? Well, that this, um, this uh, ongoing impasse with uh, Lamar Jackson continues to take twists and turns almost on a daily basis. And it's interesting to me, I'm an old school journalist, how social media plays so much into now how people communicate, how things are covered, what's said. So yeah, I mean, um, we, meaning, you know, the media uh, in Baltimore and really the national media, we haven't seen Lamar Jackson now in weeks. But we have definitely heard from him and heard about him almost on a daily basis. And even though there hasn't really been a change in status other than him being franchised, Mm -hmm. um, it's almost a daily update on Lamarville, as I call it. Um, And, you know, what what is the latest uh, development? So, Mm -hmm. you know, John Harbaugh was already going to get questions about Lamar before these tweets, but this this tweet just took it to another level. And the bottom line is, you know, what is we all want to know what is going to happen. You know, is Lamar going to be the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens next season? John Harbaugh said he is still hopeful that's the case. Or is Lamar going to play somewhere else? Or is Lamar going to play? Um, mm-hmm. Those are the those are the three questions to me. Um, and right now, uh, we don't have an answer, to be honest. Um, and it seems every day this story takes a new turn. Well, the, the, the interesting thing to me is, you know, if this happened on March 2nd, that was before the Ravens applied the franchise tag. So, you know, this is not news to, to Eric DaCosta or John Harbaugh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that this trade request, as Lamar says, you know, was made. This also is not uncharted territory for Eric DaCosta. Right, I mean, nope. Mar- Marquise Brown requested a trade. Orlando Brown yep. requested a trade. Uh, yep. Hayden Hurst requested a trade. And, uh, you know, all great players. I don't think Eric Costa wants to part ways with those players, just like he doesn't want to part ways with Lamar Jackson. Now, well, you know, in, in years prior, he has facilitated those deals and worked with the player to honor their request right um and with lamar it's a obviously because of who he is and he's your franchise quarterback it's a much more tricky situation involved and there's a number of other factors that make it a difficult situation um you know him representing himself makes it different um and just the the caliber of player that he is the magnitude of what a deal like that would look like right mm-hmm. and so uh you know, this is a road the Ravens have been down, but just because a trade request has been made does not mean a trade will happen necessarily, right? You, true, you, true. You, 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 have true. To, you have to find a trade partner mm-hmm. who not only is willing to give the Ravens uh, what they want in return, but also is willing to give Lamar what he wants contractually, Right. So, um, you know, it's not a simple matter. It's a complicated matter here. Um, 
and the Ravens also, you know, another major factor in this, don't really want to trade Lamar Jackson. Just like I don't think they really wanted to trade those other players before, right? Now you do what's in the best interest of the club and the, and, and you factor in the players' desires as well, right? Um, but the Ravens have to look out for the Ravens first and foremost. Um, and so they're going to want compensation they believe he should, you know, that is fair. They're going to want fair compensation and if they are going to even trade him. Their hope is that it doesn't come to that and that Lamar, that the two sides can still work out a deal. Now, Lamar has said, you know, they haven't, they haven't come close or whatever. He says, uh, nah, I shouldn't pair. I should say the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my values. So basically, they know, you know, as is no surprise, they haven't met on a contract number here. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. He has a different, as we've said before, he has a different viewpoint of what his value is versus what the Ravens viewpoint, you know, view that as. So the Ravens, I think, because, and John Harbaugh explained this, because this is about the money, it's about the contract, uh, not about something else, you know, per Lamar's suite, it's about meeting his value, right? That contracts can be worked out. It's happened many times before. And I think what's unchanged here is that obviously the Ravens and Lamar knew that they had not met on a number. He went on the market via the non-exclusive franchise tag, the market is what it is. We haven't, you know, there haven't been a lot of reports of, there haven't been zero reports of tenders being offered. We don't know what the market is right now. It's could, we have no idea, right? There could be a lot of talks happening behind the scenes that we aren't privy to. We have no idea. Um, but the Ravens are hopeful that they can still come back and circle back to a value that works for both sides. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, I mean, it's not done until it's done. I just find it, I also find it interesting in this particular situation, you mentioned last year about, you know, Marquise Brown being traded, and of course we found out after he was traded that he had asked to be traded. That trade happened, there were no rumors circulating before yeah. the draft Kept that, that completely he was quiet. going to be traded. It was completely quiet. I mean... Marquise Brown came to them, as any player can, and said, hey, I want to change the scenery. The Ravens said, okay, we'll explore the possibility of that happening. Mm -hmm. They worked out a deal. It was done. Both sides moved on. Um, In this situation, just my personal opinion, I don't see what is being gained by now so much, you know, of it being made public by, you know, these by tweets and on social media what Lamar is saying. I mean, Lamar, I remember him saying last year, you know, he's a private individual. You know, he likes to keep things private. Eric DeCosta has mentioned that he's agreed with Lamar to keep things private. I, Eric has held up that end of the bargain. Um, I feel like, you know, sometimes you have to keep your eye on what is really most important. And... You know, if the Ravens are going to work out a deal with Lamar Jackson to keep him or if they're going to work out a deal to trade him, I don't think it's to anyone's advantage that, you know, every day or, you know, on a regular basis, I should say, that there's new conversations on Twitter. The most Mm -hmm. important conversations need to be had between the Ravens and Lamar and um, whoever else now at this point wants to get involved with trying to make an offer to Lamar, those are the only important conversations, whether we know about them or not. Well, and um, 
Right. I'll, I'll just Go say ahead. I'll just say this. I mean, the fact that Lamar doesn't have an agent complicates matters. If Lamar wanted a trade, his agent would put it out there to all these teams. But he doesn't have an agent that can do that, right? There were reports last week about another representative of his, you know, contacting teams. The NFL put out a, a memo about that saying they have to it has to be an NFLPA certified agent or Lamar Jackson has to contact these teams. Well, Lamar Jackson just contacted all the 32 teams, right? The way that he knows how, right? He did. He did. And yeah, of course, we've talked, you know. And, and, and it's a little bit makes, different. It's, I think it's a little bit different. He, you know, he's saying like, come get me, basically, is what he's saying. Agent makes it, not having an agent makes it more difficult, but not impossible. And so, yeah, I mean, this, this deal, the deal between the Ravens without Lamar having an agent certainly can get done, as we saw with Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot has been talked about Lamar not having an agent, but that is not, that to me is not what's keeping this a deal from being done. It's that, you know, the Ravens and Lamar haven't been able to reach oh, totally. an agreement that, yeah, so. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, the, again, to me, this is becoming, the longer this goes on, that to me makes it more difficult as well. Um, and the more that's said publicly makes it more difficult to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just does. I mean, mm-hmm. even today, a lot of the questions being asked and now a lot of the narrative that's going to be written um, is just going to keep, to me, uh, being another stumbling block into, into, for the two sides to get together. And if I were a player, whether I had an agent or not, I mean, I, I would want to make it very clear um, what my desires were, whether they agree with them or not. And I would definitely be a person who it's not going to be hard for me to, for you to get a hold of me to discuss this. I mean, we're just, we're talking about my future. So mm-hmm. I'm the person who has the most at stake here. Right. And, you know, Lamar, this is a key, this is a key time in his career. Um, he, MVP 2019, tremendous season, uh, young quarterback. At that point, we all thought he was going to be the Ravens quarterback for the next 10 years, and he, and he still could be. Right. But certainly the last two seasons have not gone the way that either he or the Ravens have wanted. He hasn't finished the last two seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Two years ago, the Ravens didn't make the playoffs after starting 8-3. and three. And then this season, he wasn't healthy down the stretch and couldn't and did not play in the playoff game. Right. So – this is a critical time, whether he is with the Baltimore Ravens or anyone, for Lamar Jackson's career. And how this situation plays out with the Ravens is going to play a key role, a crucial role, in where his career goes from here. Um, and it's my opinion that, you know, if you're Lamar Jackson, this franchise is one of the best, if not the best, franchise for you to play with um as John Harbaugh mentioned today and everybody knows the Ravens made a total commitment to Lamar Jackson as their quarterback from the way the offense was designed everything up and down it all as John says from time to time it all revolves around Lamar Mm -hmm. that hasn't changed that hasn't changed it's still until he 
if until it gets to a point that he is no longer with the Ravens, it all revolves around Lamar. Mm-hmm. He's a great talent. He's still in the prime of his career. And he's with a team playing for a head coach who is committed to him. Mm-hmm. That may, That is not the case, in my opinion, with all 32 franchises. So we'll see how it all plays out. But it is really, really interesting that it, to me that it has reached this point. For sure. Uh, just so listeners are aware how a trade would go down is, is Lamar would, uh, if it were to go down, Lamar would sign his ex- non-exclusive franchise tag. Once he does that, then he can be traded for any compensation, right? So this is kind of what we've talked about before. And there's been so much chatter about, you know, well, would teams, you know, uh, s- submit a tender or a, an offer sheet, I mean, uh, you know, if then the Ravens have the opportunity to match. And if they don't, they get two first round picks and, and whatnot. It doesn't really have to, it doesn't have to go that route. You know, if, if there's a team that says now, obviously whoever, if Lamar is agreeing to sign the franchise tag, then he is agreeing to the trade and agreeing to whatever term contract terms, this new team is going to be offering him. Right. That's part of the, mm-hmm. it's part of the whole deal. Um, but ne- now, really any kind of compensation package can come into play, right? This is like Devontae Adams last season got tagged by the Packers. It was, he signed his tag and then was traded. So it doesn't, it's, it's not necessarily this, you know, all the conversations have been revolved around two first round picks. It doesn't have to be that anymore. We don't, what it could be, what the Ravens would want it to be. We have no idea. Um, but I'm just saying that's how the mechanisms would work. If a, if a trade uh, were to happen. Uh, Cliff, we have some emails here. This one comes from Patrick Kuhn, friend of the lounge, often emails us. Uh, he says, so first off, this sucks, but I guess what it, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, if Lamar wants to leave, he's entitled to request it. However, as a Ravens fan, it doesn't make it sting any less. Uh, he says, if a trade partner cannot be found, where is the situation at then? Hold out, hold in. I only say that because I don't think anybody has given Lamar an offer yet, which means no team likely wants to part with two first-rounders and pay Lamar his, quote, value. I don't think Eric DaCosta trades Lamar for anything less than two first-rounders, right? Um, so he goes on from there. But, you know, to answer the question here, it, there's certainly a possibility that despite today's, you know, public statement of a trade request, that a trade s- still does not happen, like we said. And... The Ravens could work towards a long-term deal, and that might not happen. The deadline's July 17th. At that point, he's on the tag, right? If, if the Ravens don't want to trade him for whatever teams are proposing or if teams just don't make a formal proposal, if they can't reach an agreement with Lamar, then he's on the tag for another year. What happens from then, who knows? He, he can arrive whenever, right? If he doesn't arrive until I'm not sure exactly what the cut, cutoff date is, what, week 10, something like that, I think, Cliff? Then he doesn't get in a crude season. So he could hold out until then. We we don't know. You know, John Harbaugh was asked if he thinks Lamar will be his starting quarterback week one. He said, I do. You know, but it remains to be seen. I don't think anybody knows what would happen from then. No, we don't. And uh, that makes this, again, uh, something that may remain in the news for months. Uh, obviously, the Ravens would want Lamar Jackson to be part of I'll just say training camp this year. They want to be a part of, you know, off-season stuff too. But 
you're going to have a new offensive coordinator, uh, going to have some new pieces of the offense, certainly after the draft. Um, it is definitely a pivotal year for the quarterback to be involved with the offseason reps leading up to, to week one. Um, we all know what Lamar is capable of and that, you know, if he were to come late and have to play catch up, that he has the type of talent that would make it easier for him to do that than other players. But still, like any player, the more reps he gets and the more familiarity he has with the new system, it improves his chances to have a great season. So, yeah, that's part of the equation, too, if Lamar is still here, you know, and, and a long-term agreement isn't reached then how will the Ravens move forward under those terms? And when, you know, what will Lamar's reaction to be to not being moved and playing under the tag? We don't mm -hmm. know. And, you know, so none of us can speak for Lamar. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But that's, yes, that's definitely another element to, to what's going on. I think a, a, a big part of this whole equation is going to be, you know, it, if a trade were to happen, it could happen before the draft. I think it could certainly happen during the draft as teams see how things shake out, right? I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, teams teams want to know who their quarterback is. And I think if, they, if teams are thinking they're going to get a quarterback in the draft and they don't, then do they, you know, go to plan B or whatever and make a trade for Lamar that – would have been discussed previous to that. It, it could it could be a situation of let's wait and see how this whole thing plays out. Though if you're making that trade, for, I mean that's such a colossal decision. You, I don't know, I, I don't know. I I just think that the draft and how the draft plays out could certainly factor into all of this. And then if there were to be a trade after the draft, then obviously the Ravens aren't getting 2023 draft picks in return. They're getting 2024 and 25 or whatever, right? And so. That's potentially that's prob potentially less valuable to the Ravens because any team that gets Lamar Jackson is going to improve <laughs> on on what they currently have. So, a lot of things in play here, Cliff. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, let's face it there there aren't thirty two teams that have a quarterback better than Lamar Jackson. Certainly not. People have seen Lamar Jackson play for five seasons. I mean, this isn't a mystery you know, what kind of player you're getting. And there are definitely teams out there that need a starting quarterback. Yeah. And that's always the case. There aren't enough good starting quarterbacks to go around in the NFL. So one of them now, you know, is, has been una unable to reach a contract agreement. He's been tagged, but he at least is tweeting that he wants to move on. So there's got to be – plenty of discussion about Lamar Jackson, no matter what people are saying. Um, he's too good of a player for there not to be. So even though there are a lot of absolute statements that are made, you know, I, I want to be traded. Um, you know, I've heard people, players say, I'll never play again for so-and-so, and then things change, or <laughs> I'm here for life. I mean, Lamar Jackson came to Baltimore. He, he said, he, I'm going to bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the only way to bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore is to play for Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. So, 
maybe that'll work out or if it doesn't work out that way then things have changed yeah. but i mean i don't, I don't think that yeah. there's any like discontent between the two sides outside of the money factor right i think mm-hmm. like they, that they've always had a strong relationship both sides and yeah, yep. um you know it's just this is a business thing to me mm-hmm. right it's mm-hmm. like what are you going to get paid there's a disagreement on what he should get paid if they can come to an agreement on that, then I think we all are looking back on this and saying, remember that? That was crazy, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's water under the bridge and it all goes away, you know. But Lamar, by I think virtue of putting out this tweet is kind of signaling that he doesn't think that they're that it will come to that. He doesn't think that they will reach a, an agreement on his value. Yeah. You know, I mean, that. Yeah, definitely. That's how it seems. I mean. Uh, Lamar's taught me very many times about how much he loves being a Raven. Uh, you've heard John Harbaugh today and many times talk about how much they love Lamar. So it, I don't feel that, that that it's over. I don't. But as you mentioned, you know, they have not reached an agreement, else it would have been done already. Um, that has to change for this situation to end, at least this situation to end with him, you know, coming back to the Ravens next year. So. The, the deadline for reaching an agreement before he plays on the tag hasn't passed yet. Uh, there's still weeks to hopefully maybe be some movement. But, um, yeah, I, I would say that, you know, things over the last year, it's just been in a holding pattern. I think a lot of people thought that, you know, by late last summer, this was going to get done, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Now we are here into another off season. And now he's been franchised, and it still hasn't gotten done. So, obviously, it's a very difficult contract, a lot of money. Um, Hopefully, as you said, I mean, there may come a point where we just look back at it and say, wow, that was really something. But once it's over, yeah, I definitely believe that Lamar and the Ravens could go on and have many, many great seasons together. But at this point, that can't happen until agreement is reached. Yep. Anyway, uh, let's take a break here, and we'll come back with some more uh, talk about the rest. Uh, Cliff, you you really got John Ong John's good side by changing the subject. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we definitely laughed about that afterwards. Uh, you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta have somebody's back, and yeah, I mean, I, it went on for fifteen twenty minutes. You know, it's like okay. Any more, which there always were going to be more. Yeah. But at some point, I wanted to give him an opportunity to ask a question, to answer a question where Lamar Jackson's name wasn't mentioned. And it was kind of fun. Yeah. So. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll be back with the rest of it. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Reminder to listeners out there, the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, still has daily fantasy contests running for those looking to have skin in the game. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with, them, with drafting them. They assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app now and sign up using code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code FLOCK. Only at DraftKings. All right, so Cliff, there were other non-Lamar topics. Uh, what stood out to you most? You you asked about uh, who was it that you asked about? It was you asked about well, Nelson Aguilar. I did. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, you know what was your takeaway from from that? Well, yeah. I mean, certainly the Ravens, with no secret, want to add some elements to the wide receiver position, both through the draft and via vet and. Aguilar is one they were able to acquire. So, yeah, I mean, I wanted to get John's impressions about the receiver they were getting. I do think that um, he's going to be a guy who's going to have an opportunity to make plays in in a new offense. Um, He's a guy who's a first-round draft pick when he came out. Mm -hmm. Didn't live up to that billing in Philadelphia, but certainly had – had a really good season for the Raiders a few years ago and he's not over the hill by any stretch Mm -hmm. so I think in Ty Monken's offense it's going to be an opportunity I think it's going to be a receiver friendly offense where guys are going to have an opportunity to make plays that's what he tries that's what really every coordinator tries to do but Monken talks all the time about putting guys in space getting the ball in their hands early giving the opportunity to show what they can do so Aguilar is a guy who wants to show that he's a better receiver than he's been able to show in some other places right. and that he can be a guy who can, can help the Ravens. So, yeah, I think it was a good pickup for Baltimore considering the salary cap situation that they're in and who's out there. It's an intriguing move that they were able to make, and they were able to convince a guy who could have gone somewhere else to come to Baltimore. Right. I mean, obviously, we know the Ravens' salary cap situation there, you know, with Lamar on the non exclusive tag, there's just not a lot of wiggle room there. The Ravens want to make an addition. They want to upgrade the wide receiver room. I think this certainly does that, but they had to do it on a budget, and options were dwindling, right? And mm-hmm. so Aguilar is a guy who is undeniably talented, right? First right. round pick, as you mentioned, big play threat who was second in the league in yards per catch just three years ago. Right, second in the league, and you know he didn't have he didn't have his best seasons in New England, 
but the Ravens are hoping hoping that they can unlock more of his potential, right? I mean, Demarcus Robinson led the team in receiving yards this past year. You know, I mean, there's opportunities for guys who haven't necessarily broken out to have a prominent role in this offense for sure. And, uh, you know, but John Harbaugh said, I, I, I do think it's interesting how he's, John Harbaugh said that he thinks Nelson Aguilar will be a good veteran for the younger guys in the room. That I thought was, you know, an interesting component of the signing. You know, he's been durable. He's seen a lot. You know, it's kind of a, the Ravens have made a lot of these veteran signings. Uh, they've signed a lot of guys who are on the last, you know, their last run, you know, later stages. Aguilar is not as old as a bunch of those guys that they brought in. So you, you think maybe he still has a little more left of the tank, but he's been around for a while and can kind of guide this younger wide receiver core that they're obviously going to continue to add to. So I thought that was interesting. And the fact that John Harbaugh clearly stated they're not done at wide receiver. No, right. I mean, to me, this doesn't change at all the possibility of them picking a wide receiver with their first pick. And certainly at some point in the draft, adding another uh, wide receiver to the mix. So, yeah, I mean, um, again, I just thought it was, as you mentioned, with the salary cap restraints, it's a good pickup for them. And, and yeah, despite the uncertainty about what's going on with Lamar, uh, Nelson Aguilar thought this was a good situation for him to, to be in. And I think he recognizes it's a winning organization where he'll have an opportunity to definitely have a role, uh, maybe a significant role, and yep. that would only help his career. Uh, so I think he made a smart move to come. For sure. The uh, wide receiver one on the Ravens, Rashad Bateman, some news about him as well from John Harbaugh, uh, saying he's going to be running in three weeks, which is great. That he's, he's doing really well, uh, expects him to be stronger than ever, healthier than ever, uh, Harb said. So that's that's really big news because, honestly, Getting a healthy Rashad Bateman back on the field and seeing the potential that he has certainly flashed when he's been when he's been out there is paramount to the Ravens' offense. You know, now the Ravens are kind of trying to not be in a situation that they were in last year where all eggs were in the Rashad Bateman basket, right? Mm-hmm. But certainly, hearing from Harbs today gives you uh, makes you encouraged about his health status, and once again underscores the fact that. Just because they're not putting all eggs in the Rashad Bateman basket, Bateman basket, they're expecting big things from that basket, <laughs> right? No question, no question. Like it, he, and he, I mean, yeah. they they're going to need a big they, year from him. They and they've seen what he can do when he is healthy. For I mean, sure. I, I keep I keep going back to a play. I think it was against Miami, uh, where I mean, he just caught a you know kind of a slant and just took it to the house. Yeah. Uh, the explosiveness that he has when healthy uh, is really uh, something that the Ravens offense sorely needs. I mean, big plays, striking quickly, not having to have these long methodical drives down the field. I know those are game-changing plays, and he's capable of that. Again, you know, in a Todd Monken offense, he's going to hope to design plays where a player like Bateman will have a lot of opportunities in space to make plays. And that's a problem for defenses, and it opens up things for other players. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, like I'm sure no one wants to stay healthier more than Rashad Bateman than than he does, but I'm just hopeful for him as a young player with obvious, obvious talent 
that he can stay healthy. He was a healthy player in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just hoping that he has better luck in that in that department because I think if he does, the production will be there. The talent is there. The desire is there. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that when you talk to him how badly he wants to be a, a really good wide receiver, it, it's – it's it's there. He's hungry to succeed, well, and it means a lot to him. Well, so, let's be honest. The scheme oh, is more right. more set up now for him to prosper yes. than it was in, it in Greg Roman's run-heavy scheme. Yeah, he should be excited, and I think he is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another big takeaway for me was the left guard competition. You know, uh, with Ben Powers going to Denver, there's been chatter about, okay, who's going to replace him? John Harbaugh kind of sized up that competition. Uh, leading with Patrick McCarry, the veteran, you know, who can always he can play any of the five positions. Uh, but then also, you know, talking obviously Ben Cleveland, you know, is kind of a, like a Ben Powers kind of guy, you know, has had some mm-hmm. starting experience. Could he grab the reins like Ben Powers did? Who knows? You know, he's just a former third-round pick. Harbs also mentioned John Simpson, who I've pointed out to people on a number of occasions, not to forget John Simpson, uh, a veteran who has started a number of games with the Raiders in years past, big-bodied dude. Uh, Harb said he's he's having a really good offseason, kind of specifically highlighted him a little bit more. Um, and then the curveball, Daniel Falele as a potential uh, guy in the left guard competition. Didn't see that one coming. Um, so that, I thought that was really interesting, Cliff. Yeah, and, I mean, again, all these – all those people you mentioned should be excited because the guy, the best player is going to win the competition and get the job. Um, and we've seen a lot of offensive linemen with the Ravens take advantage of these situations, whether, you know, it be a Bradley Bozeman, you know, or then the way it's worked out for Ben Powers, uh, be able to take advantage of a situation where they've been able to start and, develop and, and play a key role and either, you know, have a bigger role with the Ravens moving forward or move on. And Falele, I mean, he showed signs last year, not necessarily a guard, but a tackle, but he came a very long way, in my opinion, from mm-hmm. where he was oh, for sure. during rookie camp, you know, really having some issues with stamina and being conditioned to being a, a player who was getting in the lineup and contributing. So to me, it was a good first season for Falele. Ben Cleveland certainly has an opportunity to step into a role much like Powers did. You know, McCarry, we already know how valuable he is regardless of um, how he's utilized. And then Simpson is definitely a player I'm curious about seeing more of, and he'll know going in that he's got an opportunity to start. So just like last, just like previous years where, you know, who's going to start left guard, that was one of going to be one of the hot, quote, hot, you know, training camp battles. It's going to be that way again. But I think the Ravens certainly have enough talent where whoever wins the job, they'll be able to fit in well with the rest of the offensive line. And I think Joe Jalisandris does an excellent job as offensive line coach. Yep. Uh, he's going to really be <laughs> – you're going to hear him on these guys every day at practice at left guard, uh, you know, trying to get the most out of all of them and finding the right guy to fill in to be the starter. Right. The, the quote – I just pulled up the quote on John Simpson. He says uh, – Harp said – I think he's going to surprise some people. He had a nice. He's had a nice off season so far. So, interesting. Just saying. Yeah. Got to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the pass rushers. I think this is your question, wasn't it, Cliff? It was. It <laughs> Look was. At you, the pro, Garrett. If you're out there listening, take notes, <laughs> buddy. 
Cliff. Pros pro. Uh, so what? What'd you get? What'd you get from Harvey? Gary's gonna kill you when he get. Gary's gonna kill you when he comes back. Right? You know this, right? Of course. You know payback is coming. Right? Of course it is. I, I'm I'm about to be taking some vacation days myself, so I know it's coming right around the corner. It's coming. You'll you'll be defenseless. Right? I'll be defenseless. That's all right. That's what we do. We take pot shots at each other. That's what we do. <laughs> All right, so what'd you, what was your question? What'd, what'd, you, what'd you get on the outside linebackers from Harbs? Well, that you know, it was curious, interesting. He had dinner with a, he said with Adave Owe and David Ajabo. I think last week he said um, talking about, I'm sure, next season and how both of them will be in position and needed to step up. I mean, it's clearly, you know, Justin Houston's a guy who. Again, led them in sacks with nine and a half. Showed he has plenty of juice. Could be someone who signs with them later in the offseason. But whether that happens or not, uh, Ojabo and Owe are going to be counted on to be heavy contributors with the Ravens' pass rush uh, next year. And, you know, this will be, we all know, kind of like a rookie season for Ojabo coming, coming back off the Achilles injury. He played a few games, but... You know, it really kind of ruined that injury at his pro day. It ruined his rookie season and, you know, robbed him of being a first-round pick, which everyone knows he really is, which John Harbaugh mentioned today. So they really – they have two first-round picks in Owe and Ojabo. Two first-round talents is how he phrased it. Yeah, which is true. First-round talents who now – hey, this is your time. Yep. Uh, he said, we need be, you. Yeah, th- right. he said for them to step up and be a part of the mix is, quote, critically important. Right. There's no sugarcoating it. I mean, and boy, imagine if they, both of them do step up. And then if they if they do add Houston again to the mix and they, and they still have Ty's Bowser, I mean, that position could become a strength. For sure. But right now it's a, it's a position where, yes, they need those two young, athletic, talented, players to step up so there'll there'll be two other players who are going to be watched closely during the offseason and during training camp to see if they're ready to make that jump in year three for Ojabo or for Adafi Owe in year two for Ojabo right I mean the Ravens ever since they picked David Ojabo and even beforehand have had visions of two high school Blair Academy teammates terrorizing quarterbacks like they used to and and those visions have not changed despite the fact that David Ajabo saw very limited game action in his rookie season, for sure. Two more things that I'll bring up uh, just quickly uh, before we wrap up here. One, I thought it was kind of interesting, the question about you know who could be basically the, the inline blocking tight end now with Josh Oliver uh, going to Minnesota. You know Nick Boyle is a free agent. Who could be that guy? John Harbaugh pointed to Pat Ricard, which I thought was an interesting option. You know We've all been kind of talking about where does Ricard fit into Todd Munkin's offense. That could be more of a job for him. Obviously, the guy can block. You know, he's a uh, <laughs> different body type than those those big tight ends. Um, but mm-hmm. can he still be effective in that, that role? Kind of interesting. Um, and then I, I thought it was also uh, certainly noteworthy that the Ravens uh, have had some conversations, John Harbaugh said, about trades, you know, beyond Lamar Jackson which he didn't say they've had trade talks about Lamar Jackson, but he said, we've had a bunch of talks about other players with other, a bunch of other teams. Interesting. I don't, it is. doesn't surprise me. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. I think it shows Ravens fans a little bit, peels back the curtain that, you know, despite a slow, in air quotes, start to free agency, you know, in which the Ravens really, you know, prioritized keeping some of their own guys and, and then obviously added Nelson Aguilar, uh, that it was not for lack of effort. That there's there yeah. there have been trade talks about multiple players with multiple teams. So, uh, to me, that is a now maybe the the I'm sure on some of those you know whatever they went to another team or the window is closed. But uh, Eric Costa is a man who's made a lot of trades in his life uh, and his tenure as GM. I think he is uh, he's certainly not sitting on his hands. I will put it that way. Oh no, no question. I mean. Any you know for anybody who thinks that every day, uh, Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, the entire front office isn't thinking about getting better, is fooling themselves. I mean, they're driven to try and get better every day, and the, the situation going on this offseason isn't going to change that. Um, certainly, we know the Ravens with only five draft picks that Eric DaCosta is, is thinking about ways to, to get more. Um, well, what was it Daniel Jeremiah yeah. told us? But if he ends up making eat, five draft eat, picks, he's going to eat his paper? Eat paper, right. So <laughs> hopefully for DJ's sake, that doesn't happen, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, it. the Ravens also, our organization, they, they want to be able to have a shot every year at winning Lombardi. They're not an organization that wants to, you know, do the two-year, three-year, whatever year you want to put on it, rebuild. That's not in their DNA. So mm-hmm. when you take all that into the philosophy of the organization, yes, they're ready to be aggressive. Um, they're always on the attack looking for ways to improve. And as you mentioned, a lot of things are going to shake out right before the draft or during the draft. Mm-hmm. Um it's right now, yeah, I think now, you know, at the, obviously league meetings and leading up to the draft, there's ongoing conversations, teams thinking about what they may want to do on draft night. Yep. When it gets to draft night, that's there. Now it's, now it's now or never. You know, this deal's on the table for these picks. We can move up or down the board. That's what are you going to do? And I think just like we've seen a lot of movement this offseason around the league, we're still going to see a lot of movement, you know, on draft night, during draft weekend, mm-hmm. a few days before the draft. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Ravens are involved in one or several of those moves. So, yeah, I mean, as Ozzy Newsom used to say, this is not the team right now that we're going to have taken to week one. We don't have any games till September. Right. And this is all part of the ongoing chess movement to try and make the Ravens a better team than it is now in week one that it is now. Uh, let's wrap things up here, Cliff. Thank you for joining me. As always, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review the Lounge Podcast. And if you haven't done so, make sure you do the same for the Ravens Press Pass, our new podcast. And you'll find the entire uh, breakfast media scrum, The what do we call it, the Breakfast Blitz? With, uh, John, breakfast Blitz. The Breakfast Blitz <laughs> with John Harbaugh. That, you can find it in its entirety. Uh, so you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth uh, on the Ravens Press Pass podcast. So make sure you look that one up and subscribe. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you later this week. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, my God. 
love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.